Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More. The most inconsistent, consistent storyteller. <clears throat> That's me. Uh, but I will certainly keep on trying to be consistent every single day with a new story. I've made many achlatas in this area, Blinader, and I'm still working on it. But um, that itself may be a good story that all of us have to work to better ourselves, to become better, to be more consistent, and to accomplish more. So I just happen to be making it public. <laughs> okay, in any case, I have a very, very beautiful story today. It's really about an organization called Chaim Yeruchem. I'm sorry, Chaim Aruchem. Don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's not actually a person named Chaim. It's an organization called Chaim Aruchem, which means long life. And this is an organization of rabbis who are extremely well-versed in medical issues. They are extremely learned rabbis. I don't know if they're all rubs, but I wouldn't be surprised. And in addition they know a world about medical issues. And here's the story. Through the story, you'll understand more about what this organization does. And I'm not advertising the organization, of course. I'm not trying to raise money for them or anything else. I'm just telling you the simple fact of a story, which, um, which I was... Uh, very fortunate enough to be involved in. Okay, about maybe six weeks ago, not sure exactly, six, seven weeks. I don't remember if it was before the beginning of the war or after. <clears throat> but um, somebody that I've known for decades calls me up and says, you know, uh, my, mother, my mother's going to the emergency room of the hospital. And would you please meet me there? It's a very serious situation. So um, this was a, a young man who actually I had taught in Hebrew school many, many years ago. So in any case, uh, we go there. I, I meet him there in the lobby, and he's waiting for news about his mother and uh, another relative, another couple, another few relatives actually were there as well. Very, very close relatives and very, very concerned. And it seems that his mother uh, um, came into the hospital, was brought to the hospital in very, very uh, bad shape, like very, very, very ill. Um, it was a life or death situation, unfortunately. And um, whatever, I did my best as a, you know, as a rabbi, rabbi who knew them for many, many years, knew the family, to try to be helpful. And over the next few days, of course, I visited every day. Um, and after a couple of days, uh, there was a meeting between the doctor and the hospice nurse, or they have a different name for it, but something like that, and a couple of regular nurses, and surgeon, whatever, all these different people, 
basically their message was there is no hope for this person. There's no hope for your mother. And um, um, we're not going to give her nutrition. We're, she's now receiving water. She's receiving a little bit of medicine. But we're not going to give her nutrition because um, it's hopeless. There's no, there's no way that she'll that she'll live. And even if she, excuse me, even if she does live, the quality of life, blah 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 blah, the whole speech. So these young men said, absolutely not. We're not giving up. Do not take away nutrition, or or rather, give her nutrition. And they said, well, we really can't give her nutrition because uh, that would require a feeding tube. You see, see that she's unconscious. And uh, to, to put in a feeding tube would be impossible for someone in her condition. She would not survive it. So we didn't know what to do. Um, I called uh, a rabbi I know in Chicago who is pretty expert at these things. And he said to me like this, he said, the hospital is, um, is not operating on the same wavelength that we do according to the Torah. According to the Torah, every moment of life is precious. According to the hospital, it's only precious if it's, uh, you know, quote unquote, good quality. So he said, here, Call this organization. He gave me the number for Chaim Aruchim, Long Life, this organization that I told you about. Call them and ask them for some help. So I got on the phone right away, called them. They're open um, all the time. I don't know about Shabbos, but maybe even Shabbos are open. Actually, they probably are because people call them for life and death situations. So probably they are open on Shabbos too. I, I talked to the guy. He says, okay. Um, let's make a meeting right now. So we made a meeting. The doctor, um, myself, the 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 um, two sons of the of the patient were too upset to to get involved in the meeting, but I represented them, um, and the hospice nurse. And, of course, on the phone was the rabbi from Chaim Aruch. I mean, I don't remember his name. I think his name maybe was. can't remember. Okay, so we're in this meeting, and they start having the discussion, which I didn't really understand it because it was all sorts of medical uh, terms and procedures, and it was way above my head. But basically, at the end of the conversation, the rabbi from Chaim Arucham explained to me, here's what happened. A patient always has to have water, nutrition, and medicine. These are three things that, according to the Torah, we always have to give the patient if it's at all possible to give these things. Because that's what the person needs to live water, nutrition, and if they are ill, medicine. The doctor wants to only give water and a small amount of medicine. And I told him, no, you have to also give him nutrition. So the doctor said, 
but we can't give nutrition because that would be a feeding tube. And that's an operation which this, this patient is way too fragile for. So I said, so what? Give a temporary feeding tube, which is a feeding tube that actually goes through the nose. I'm not sure exactly how it works. It goes directly to the stomach, something like that. And it's very, very uh, non-invasive, they call it. It means it doesn't, it doesn't uh, take a lot of um, energy or it doesn't hurt the patient. It does, it's not hard on the body. Very easy. Now, why didn't the hospital say that? Well, I think that's what I was told, that the hospital has a certain philosophy, unfortunately, that every moment of life is not precious. Only certain moments of life are precious, which that's not the Torah view. The Torah view is, and this is one of the main points of the story, that every moment of life is precious. Okay, so the hospital, however, had to admit, since they were talking to somebody who knew about medicine and knew about procedures, which is not me, but the doc, but the rabbi from Chaim Ruchim knew, they had to admit, you're right, you're right. We could easily put in a temporary feeding tube. And so they did. And also the rabbi from Chaim Ruchim said, and besides that, the medicine you're giving is not enough. This patient, according to what you told me, needs this amount of medicine for their heart. Why are you only giving this amount? And the doctor said, Yes, you're right. Actually, yeah, we admit we could give more. That might be helpful. Of course, I was standing there with my with my <laughs> with my mouth <coughs> uh, hanging open. I was so amazed that here this rabbi knows enough about medicine to tell the doctors what they should be doing or what they could be doing at least. So, sure enough. The doctor gave the order. A few minutes later, a group of uh, nurses and other medical people came in and they inserted this feeding tube. It took a few minutes. And sure enough, little by little, day by day, they also increased the medication, I believe, according to the rabbi's request. Um, this patient began to get better and better. And better and better. It's now about six or seven weeks since then. And this patient has now left the hospital to a rehab facility. I call this patient sometimes. She picks up the phone. Hi, Rabbi Karp, how are you doing? We have a conversation. She's had many, many, many conversations with her, with her family. She's not all better, that's for sure, but she's alive. She's very much alive. And this was a person that the hospital wanted basically to withhold the necessity of life from. Uh, in other words, starve, basically. That's what they wanted to do, to basically starve her. Now, God, I'm not saying all doctors are like this. Maybe there's some doctors listening to this, or nurses, or people who's parents or brothers or sisters or uncles or cousins are doctors. And to say that all doctors are like this or all hospitals are like this, but some of them unfortunately are. And it's very important that, um, that, that we as Jewish people keep Torah mitzvahs, um, teach whoever we can what 
the Torah's viewpoint of life is, which is that every moment is precious. Now, in this case, it was really dramatic because the patient, the patient was not just living like in a coma or something like that, unconscious, but the patient really woke up and was living like, I mean, they were still sick in bed, but, you know, regular conversation and full force. So anyway, this is, as I said before, this is really uh, an honor and a recognition of the amazing work that this organization does, Chaim Arucha, I'm one person. They help probably, I don't know, dozens or hundreds of people every day. I, I have no idea how many people they actually reach, but they have a whole staff of rabbis. And it's amazing, amazing work. And of course, if you're in a situation where, or you know of somebody in a situation like this, it may be very, very important uh, to be in touch with them. So, in our situation today, with the war going on, unfortunately, there are many people who are struggling for their life or unfortunately lost their life. And it's very, very important that we do our part in the war. And that means to learn as much Torah as possible, do as many mitzvahs, acts of goodness and kindness, encourage one another to be besimcha and to be um, positive and to try to do everything we can to uplift whoever we can come in touch with. If we're able to actually help people in Eretz Yisrael, or if you're in Eretz Yisrael, perhaps listening to this, to do that, um, whether it's through money or through good deeds or helping people that unfortunately are mourners or people are injured or Ordinary people, just to to uh, make another Jew smile. All of this is part of the war effort. Every act of goodness and kindness, Torah, mitzvah, davening that we do helps our soldiers to have success against their enemies, helps the forces of Hashem to be victorious over the other side. May we see the Geul immediately, especially through your work, you're learning and davening and good deeds. May it happen immediately. Thank you so much for joining Jewish Stories and more.